Welcome to the Purple Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John, my co-host is Andy, and at long last, the greatest Survivor Preview Podcast has returned to reclaim its throne. It has been a long, long while, Andy. You ready to shake off this rust? Absolutely. If any long-term readers know one thing about me, it's that I love season previews. Yes, um, you are the person, of course, that devours every single scrap of information you can get about these contestants and loves every second of doing so. Yeah. There's nothing I care about more than people who have not yet played Survivor. It's, I can't get, give me more. I can't get enough. Cause that's what all these people are so far is a bunch of people who have never played Survivor. Yeah. And it's, it's fun calling the horse race before any of the horses have even gotten on the track. That's right. We tonight are going to pick our favorites and then spend the entire season defending their actions, no matter how indefensible, because we saw a video. Yeah, an, a, a 90 second or less video has determined everything we need to know about these people. So immediately, uh, obviously, I am uh, just trashing the entire idea of doing this yet uh thanks for tuning in and uh strap in i think this one might be a long one uh yeah we did not do this last season and i felt pretty good about that decision Mm -hmm. both in uh i don't like doing the previews i mean i like it in the sense that i love hearing myself talk i don't like it in the sense that i hate um, preseason content for the most part, uh, which is not a reflection at all of the purveyors of the content so much as, again, I don't care about these people until they start playing Survivor. But yeah, we didn't do it last season, and uh, I felt great about it also because the more time we spent with them, the more grateful I was to have not artificially extended that time. Absolutely. Yeah, and a big a big shout-out before we get started, because you mentioned the great preseason content that is put out. Josh Wiggler, Gordon Holmes, you're awesome. Keep doing what you do. Um, they are the one, my go-tos for when I research the casts, which I meant to do a lot more of this season. And I did at least get to watch the bio or read the bios, watch the videos, read a few interviews here and there. Um, unfortunately, I've been puking my brains out of late. So kind of derailed some plans, but I'm as close to good as I'm going to be for this preview podcast. Yeah, people like Wiggler and Holmes, they, they do, uh, stand-up work, uh, yeah, and, and the list of people doing that work is expanding all the time, and I'm here to tell you that I saw none of it. Just none. Just zip. Uh, I don't follow these people on Twitter. What I did with the preparation that you're going to hear me spout, uh, just tons of knowledge on, is I watched the videos that CBS put out, and I have skimmed the bios that CBS put out. I didn't read them in full because I hate bios deeply. Uh, and this actually isn't even a reflection of the survivors themselves, but rather the format. Uh, it does not really uh, lend itself to a lot of um, insight or interest. And I'd say that I don't know if I could complete one of those things in an interesting way. Uh, so that's what I'm going to be basing the next hour or so on. 90 seconds of video and, you know, two-thirds of the, <laughs> the bio, which I mostly just skimmed for, like, you know, like biographical information, how old, where from. Now, that means that most people listening to this will be far more prepared than you and I, which they might start thinking, what are we doing listening to this? And what it is, the only reason that this uh, has value, doing preseason, uh, you know, podcasting or just, you know, research at all, is so that 
we can have fun in how little we know and how wrong we may be. Every once in a while, we, we're bang on. There is one additional bonus point, and that is to get us a little hype for the season. Because we should point out, like, we didn't do it last season. Part of the reason we've got to be doing a season preview this time is so that we don't jinx it. Because the two seasons we did not do were last season and San Juan del Sur, both of which sucked. So to give this season its best shot at greatness, like we have to do the preview podcast. Yeah, yeah, we're doing this for you guys. Because yes. that's how it works. If we had not, somehow time travel would bend in a way because mm-hmm. of the flat circle uh, and make this suck. But now that we're doing it, now season preview, you know, us, the, you know, easily top 15 survivor podcast out there. Moving on up those rankings. It could suck or it could not suck. Uh, so, but yeah, those of you who have dived deeper into, uh, these previews, really gotten to know these people, you can fast forward to the point where most people will get, it's like, man, you guys were really wrong about that. You might already know how wrong. We're going to just be spouting stuff and you guys can already have fun with how wrong we are. Now, sometimes we actually get it right and that's also fun, but it's far more fun when we get it wrong. Like, uh, when you thought GTA would be the most amazing. Still convinced. You play that season a hundred times, she wins 99. <laughs> I actually had a winner pick who was the first boot once, so I guess in some ways I un- uh, outdid your GTA pick, except that uh, I it was so Kim, and I literally thought about it for like one minute before I had to start <laughs> speaking about it, like, oh, wait, I hadn't made one. Um, so yeah, that's why we're doing this preview, just to kind of unjinx us. And yeah, let's let's warm up a bit. Uh, maybe, maybe you survivor, you need to stretch before you start running. Like, all of these people did their running in their preview videos. Oh, there was so much running. And as you know, like, judging the running styles of people is, like, a go-to hobby of mine. So if you want, I'll, I, I think I have some notes on who ran in their videos. I'll, I'll tell you how well they did. All right, uh, before we get to the uh, cast members themselves and our really snap judgments based on very little... Um, let's talk about the, uh, gimmick of the season itself, because they're doing things a little different this time. Ghost Island! The whole premise is that we're going to relive the mistakes of Survivor Past, uh, at least the mistakes that the players have made. Um, I wonder if we get to relive the mistakes the show has made. We'll see. Um, but yeah, they're gonna bring back a, an island, I guess, that is filled with all sorts of advantages and various ephemera from survivors past that have uh gone on to do very bad things and see if these players can't make them do very good things instead yeah so for an example last season we saw like lauren disastrously play an advantage in which uh she had a dual idol and gave away part of it and she also had an extra vote and didn't use it uh those things could reappear and give somebody a chance to do it better and i it, it by all and, indications. And everyone will be like, well, what the hell is this? Because they haven't seen last season. Yes. And <laughs> by all indications, like, the show will, you know, remind us of the mistake and maybe even the player. And thus it might be, like, almost like a dare. Like, do you want this cursed advantage? Um, I, th- I believe a list of all the things that they're bringing back was made uh, available through uh, Dalton Ross. And, hell yes. Um, Control F. 
effing stick. Yeah, I, that, like, I don't know all the things. It was, like, three, like, four pages long. It seemed like it was, like, like small stuff, like, ooh, the snuffer from Cook Islands is coming back. Ooh, oh. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. Like, uh, who cares? Uh, but it was a whole ton of stuff, and all I cared about was the stick. I think the stick is coming back, so everything yes. else is gravy. Um, now, I... So, again, we're less prepared than other people. Uh, one thing that came up uh, from this is a whole lot of idols and advantages on that list. I gotta figure that they're not actually going to populate the island with 40 working idols. <laughs> it might be, like, a thing where that thing is around, but it's not an idol, necessarily. Um, so... I don't know how much real information we have, uh, not just because you and I didn't read it all, but uh, I think it's kind of a let's wait and see. Um, one concern I have um, going in is that this could end up being like Survivor Ouroboros. Just like it might just be a little bit too much of indulging in the past, and I hope that yeah, these players find a way to push it forward instead of just being like, I'm the new Ozzy doing, you know, this old thing that was there before. Because a lot of these, I mean, every season has somebody that just reminds you of an old player. This season has several. Several. I hope this season isn't too self-referential, which is a weird thing for a guy on a nerd podcast to say, but Indeed. I'm saying it anyway. Yeah, and I try not to judge season gimmicks in general just because they can get abandoned immediately. Uh, this one won't. But, you know, it always, almost always comes down to the cast that they have and how that cast performs. Um, last season, you could have done just about any gimmick and it was not going to rescue <laughs> that cast. Um, that was just a mistake before they even flew out to the island that they were not going to correct. This season, I think there's at least a little bit of potential. And if it breaks the right way, we could be in for some fun. Yeah, I'm actually excited about a good number of the cast based on you know, the 90 seconds I've spent with them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one uh, the thing that leaps out uh, looking at the cast is the age, right? So young. Yeah, so uh, I talked to our good friend uh, Jeff Pittman, and when I say talk to, I mean I type that. And when mm-hmm. I say good friend, I mean somebody I occasionally at on Twitter. Uh, and he said that the average age of this cast is like 28 years old. Ooh, was that the mean, the median, or the mode? I pretend to know the difference of those things. I am very disappointed if he did not give you all three. That would be unpitman-esque. Maybe he uh, knew enough about me and it's like, I'll just give him one of them and that'll be yes. enough for this guy. I don't <laughs> want to confuse the lad. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Good call. Yeah, and I think this is... Well, talking about that, we should probably uh, put it out there for the people who might be tuning in for the first time, and this tends to be the podcast that people turn in for the first time, and then mm-hmm. never again, uh, yeah. and they might have already tuned out. Um, it should remind people that uh, you and I are disgustingly old. Oh, I mean, if we were on this cast, we would be the ghosts at Ghost Island. We'd yeah. basically be dead. Now, officially, we would not be the oldest people, but we are way above the mean mode and other one <laughs> of averaging. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I mean, I think they're leaning so hard. I think they got so thrilled with the youth from the uh, Millennials vs. Gen X season that they're like, yes, what we need is really young people. When, no, what you need is interesting people. 
the reason that Millennials Tribe worked is because you had Jay and you had Michaela and the others um, that get a little overrated because, you know, Jay and Michaela were the stars there. Let's not get it twisted. Um, so I think they steered really hard into the casting younger players thing, which, again, is fine as long as you're casting interesting players. Yeah, my take on the, such a young crowd is thank God. Because you know what? Old people suck. Mm. Uh, I am all for it because, you know, you're saying, yeah, if they leaned a little too hard. No, man. That Millennials tribe was great. And every time we went to the Gen X tribe, we were like, can we get back to the Millennials tribe? Old people are awful in Survivor. Even look at last season amongst the, the dud of the casting. The few bright spots were younger. It was like Allie and Jessica and Cole was kind of funny. Um, there was probably another one. You know, yeah, as long as we're being generous with bright spot. Oh, no, it was yeah. Devin. Devin, the bright shining light, right? Yes. Meanwhile, you had crabby Chrissy and grumpy Lauren and, you know, frustrated, angry Ben. No, nah, man, old people are just cranky about Survivor. They always just want to talk about honor and stick to their alliances because they got to protect their 401ks. Bring on the young people. Young, young, young. I'm all in favor of it. I am going to isolate that audio and send it to some sort of service in Canada. I don't know what your equipment is. <laughs> the bring on the young people, young, young, young. Yeah. Uh, look, you're not going to get me this week saying, oh, no, young people are stupid. No, young people are going to save us, and hopefully that means they're going to save us in Survivor as well. So uh, you might think that, yeah, I was going to have the cranky old man, where's me? I don't want me. I want people who are like, who like can function on like six hours of sleep. Old people can't. We're awful that way. So, yeah, no, I I have high hopes for all these uh, people who otherwise need to get off my lawn. Yes, I uh, absolutely don't want people like me. I want people who are interesting on this cast. Um, you know, typically when I have these preview things, there are people that I like to focus on and be like, yes, I want you to be my rooting interest because I, there's something about you that I really like. And of this cast, this group of 20, I found one. I mean, there's a few others that are like, oh, you know, I, I, I like this person. There's some potential there. But there's one in particular that really jumps out at me. And I think you all are going to be surprised. There are two people that jump out at me as being people that the Purple Rock listeners slash readers will gravitate towards. I think you won't be at all surprised on those two. Uh, I think I can speak for everybody listening, or at least the people who were around last season, when I say how disappointed I am that you have made a choice of a person based on your own opinions and information you've <laughs> compiled, we, you should really be leaving it up to random chance. Yes, uh, always trust the computers. Last year, the computer told me that Devin should be my rooting, my rooting interest since I hadn't watched any of the uh, cast videos or anything like that. And it was correct. Devin well, should have been my rooting interest. They actually told you that like past the midway point of the season. I think it was after <laughs> Allie went home and Devin still wasn't that much. And yeah, they nailed it. So, yep. you know, I don't know why you're not leaving it up to... The, the randomness of the numbers that you love so much. I, I do love them so. Um, but if we go through, I wonder if you can pick out who it is. Do you have any early thoughts? Um, when we get to them, I will guess. Okay. Sounds good. All right. So let's, uh, talk about each person individually. Uh, some more than others. Uh, you wanted to start with the Nafiti tribe? Sure. Why not? Because 
flip a coin, Navidi comes first for some reason. Um, we'll do alphabetical for the tribes. So let's start then with Angela, who is one of the oldest players. She is in this the game. oldest person. Is she? Yes. I am very well researched. It's like by a year. But yeah, she is the oldest person. She's like from Ohio. She is a retired army vet uh, where she was a, a captain. So she's Respect a real, the troops. That's right, an officer. And uh, honestly, everything about her profile suggests that she would be a first boot target. Um, based on the things I just said, she was a woman. Angela is a woman. Uh, and she's older amongst a bunch of children. Uh, and also often people who are kind of used to, uh, more rigid social structures, such as the army, especially if you're in the, you know, the, you know, commander in that sense, uh, have a hard time when people, uh, don't do what they're told, which is most people on Survivor, especially the children that she's going to be playing with. All that said, I actually think she'll be okay at the beginning because the other thing she talked about in her video is that, um, she gravitates towards men. And I think this is a tribe that that's going to work well for her at the beginning. Yep. Um, and I think that she's obviously physically fit enough yep. that that'll help carry her at least through, you know, a boot or two in the beginning. Yeah. It's tough to see a, a big tribe, especially like a smaller tribe, maybe, uh, you know, they, you know, they had an Olympic swimmer get tossed out the first time, but right. a bigger tribe like this who just lost a challenge saying, you know, we need to get rid of one of the most fit people here. Right, exactly. Um, they did have B-roll of her running, by the way. And just so you know, her form, a little stiff. She has this weird little hitch thing with her arm. Do you think that comes from maybe, like, just speeding up her marching? Uh, it's possible. I, I, my background is track coaching, not military. So, you know, I, I can't be sure. Um, she compared herself to Michaela, which I thought was, um, unexpected, to put it mildly. <laughs> Yeah, but I think the the way she did it is just that, like, you know, outspoken and it's not, you know, doesn't feel like lying and can't hide who she is, which kind of goes back to my, this is somebody who normally I think would be in a lot of trouble. And, yeah, I, you know, it's like, no, you know, you kind of have to do uh, soft pedal your thoughts, especially when you are so much different than everybody else on her tribe. But like I said, I think it, I see it going a different way because of the tribe she's on. Yeah, uh, the one other thing that I noted in her bio, her pet peeve was people that believe things are rights versus privileges. And I was like, oh. Yeah, no, like everything, I, I don't think she's going to go far. I just think she can survive at the beginning. Because, uh -huh. yeah, I mean, that's just totally screaming out these, you know, sheltered snowflakes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is one way to put it, yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So let's move on before we keep talking about that particular subject. Um, the next a subject that I be... believe Gordon Holmes covered a bit, uh, so that a lot of people you know already know. We don't have to necessarily play the guessing game, but you and I didn't read that, so we're good to go. Right. Uh, so let's move on to Bradley, who is a law student, and fun trivia was originally going to be Spencer in Kagayan, um, the Spencer role, not actually playing the character of Spencer. And uh, I can totally see it. Everything about him screams Spencer understudy. Yes, exactly. Great value, Spencer Bledsoe. Um, he says he can be cold or flippant towards people, which is very relatable. Uh, he gets along with smart people and has a hard time interacting with more, his words, simple people. 
I think I might be in love with that one. And he also said he wants to bring a bottle of rum to the island, which makes me think that this guy is like 23-year-old me, except that he says he's Spencer, which I can see that a little bit more because, you know, he might know who Spencer is more so than 23-year-old me. Yes. Also, he's 26. Um, Wait, is, is Bradley your guy? It's not, right? Because this guy's dude, right? Yes, he is not my guy. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we thought Spencer was doomed in Kageon, so it could all that, but it should be noted that he is the not-as-good Spencer. Yes, um, and I want to point out, like, he was very insistent on pointing out that he is, you know, the smart person and has trouble hanging out with smart people. Uh, You know, you can prove that as well, that you're the smart person. A lot of times when you harp on so much saying that you are the smart person it gives me pause to be like are you though thou dost protest too much yeah uh yeah this guy just seems like it could be a lot of fun watching him fail uh because yeah right there he's like oh, i have a hard time getting along with dumb people welcome to reality tv yep. uh <laughs> I just worry that it's going to be like this replay of all the, you know, Spencer bought 2000 finds feelings. I've seen that already. So I hopefully it's less that and more of let's watch the nerd fail. Yeah. I think, I think that's what you're in for. All right. Moving on. Uh, we got Chelsea. She is 24. She's from Utah and, uh, she used to be in the NBA kind of. Kind of. Uh, she was an NBA cheerleader, at least. And she grew up in Salt Lake City, so I'm kind of wondering if they went back to the the Mormon well here. Um, they actually have, like, a good number of Utahns. Uh, Utahns, so yeah, I think that's how it goes. In Survivor, given how small the state is, so I guess it's a type they like. Yeah, um, but watching the video, though, I was like, huh, really? Because, I mean, she seems, like, just super earnest for some reason. I got, like, this really weird... She's a cheerleader, and she gave off this, like, very, uh, I don't know, it was like a super serious vibe. And she had, like, a fairly flat voice. And she describes herself as the default Parvati. So I guess she's never seen the show. She just screams early boot to me, despite the athleticism. See, for me, I think she'll pull rather easily into a main alliance uh I don't think she'd object to other people trying to take control. And I don't, uh, and, um, yeah, she probably has some advantages on her side that people are like, yeah, yeah, sure. You, uh, you can be our, you know, fifth or sixth member. Uh, those being, you know, attractiveness mm-hmm. and whiteness. Um, so yeah, I think, and she's an EMT, so she might have some, you know, genuine skills, although people tend to only faint once or twice and there's other people, uh, there to do that sort of thing. I'd like to leave it to the, uh, medical professionals with the equipment. Yeah. But she can definitely say, we need to call somebody. <laughs> wow. Somebody get him some here. food. Let him lay down. Oh my God. Good thing we had an EMT here. I'm never going to vote you out. Uh, yeah, she seemed all right. I don't know. Um, she's attractive. That's yep. nice. Sure. Hey, speaking of attractive and that's nice, I guess. Let's talk about Chris, who's next in line. Um, can we make a from- pact right now that we always call him Chris Noble? Oh, I like it. Let's do it. I'm gonna- if you have a name like Chris Noble, you gotta be called Chris Noble. All right. Typing that in. Chris Noble, he is now. All right. Um, he is from the Florida Keys, and boy, does he look like it. So much is he from the Florida Keys. He 
looks like he's straight out of bloodline casting. <laughs> um, if, if you've been down to the keys, you have seen 40 to 50 Chris's walking down Duval street. Um, he says he'd be a mix of Ken and Michaela. And that definitely means he's only seen millennials versus gen X. Absolutely. And that's also freaking blasphemy because he is not as interesting as either of those two. That said, I would say he is far more interesting than others of his type. Uh, now, obviously, this is coming off a season that uh, one of his type was JP, so it's the smallest <laughs> bar to clear. That bar is buried in the sand. But I, I think he showed some personality. Uh, he certainly at least had a point of view, which is a little rare um, from some of these people. Uh, he is no Ken, though. Like, no, come no, no, on. No. Just because you are a model... Don't you dare try to set the bar that high for yourself. Um, eventually, he compared himself with Joe, which I thought was much more on point for him. Yeah, I, he gave off the most douche shields of anybody this season, and mm-hmm. I kind of dug it. Not in a way that like I'm cheering for him, but like I said, that he had some personalities. Like, this feels like a guy who it will be fun to root against that he is already building up his comeuppance edit and in fact i believe that's probably why he was cast yes uh they are definitely going for the true christy redux here um and i I think it's it's possible (laughs) just the personality exists there that is going to make it possible for that to happen yes he does not lack for confidence uh, nor the um, ability to tell us about it, you know? Mm-hmm. He's not an aw shucks, everything's okay type guy, you know? He's not just a generic model type, you know, that doesn't say much. I think he will be making a lot of pronouncements about himself and his abilities, whether uh, those are proven one way or another. And yes. I, I, I think it'll be more fun if they are not uh, yeah, for I, us. I can just see him, like, someone's going to tell their like inspiring life story or their like absurd educational background. Oh, I have these dual masters and I'm went to Ivy league schools or, you know, I was homeless and I've overcome. And he's like, well, yeah, but you know, I started modeling and within six months I was like on a billboard in New York city. And he's going to be like totally related to that group back there. You know, we we've all had our struggles and I just showed that I overcame just like they did. Now, the one red flag in that area is that in his uh, bio, he talks about wanting to play to raise awareness for MS and stuff, because I I believe his mother uh, suffers. Uh, I don't want to hear any of that. That's not what I'm here for. I want to hear about, you know, (laughs) no time I was a model, and that uh, I like modeling because it's an efficient way of making money. I thought you might actually kind of have a nod to that. Yeah, I gotta say, you know, that is something that will earn my respect. (laughs) Like, yes. You're correct. I like that. Yeah, I, I don't want any depth out of Chris Noble. No. If you humanize him too much, then I'll actually get a little disappointed. Like, I don't want his character to develop. It needs to be one note. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't want the moral complexity of uh, three billboards. No. no, this is not Breaking Bad. <laughs> this is a hopeful pre-merge boot. All right. Uh, Desiree. Desiree is 21. Which would normally, of course, be a bigger negative, but this cast is super young. Um, she says her inspiration is Beyonce, which freaking obviously, like, that has to be like the second most popular answer behind Jesus, right? Uh, usually it's like my mom or oh, something yeah. like that, you know, a family member, you know, so that <laughs> like, sort of thing. Jesus, parents, Beyonce. Oh, um, yeah. That's, I yeah. think that's the order. Right. All right. She says she wants to be Michaela or Sari. Um, she doesn't really 
come off as entertaining or charming like those two. In the 90 seconds that we've gotten to know her, you know, yeah, 30 exactly. of which are front I, and back know, matter. In the totally stilted format that they give you, like they're pitching questions at you and hoping that they can get some sense of story out of you. Yes, she did not pop in that. She has a crazy life story. She like was briefly living out of her car, blah, blah, blah. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't get a great vibe from her. I thought she seemed to have some, you know, spirit. I guess it's the way, uh, you know, I mean, that's why you cast a 21 year old typically. Right. You know, the dour child uh, of the cast. Uh, I think she could be all right. Um, obviously it always, you know, gets down to how well you can mesh, but yeah, she might be okay in this uh, particular grouping. Uh, I'm interested. I think, you know, the, the homelessness part, although, you know, just so it's not exaggerated, but it was like a couple months. Basically, it was like between semesters. She didn't have anywhere to live. So she's probably in and out of her car and sleeping on people's couches and stuff. But it does show a bit of maybe a little bit more life experience than your typical, uh, 21 year old student. So I'm interested to see what she's got. It's kind of weird how like Desiree has become a go-to name for Survivor, yet there's never been an Emily. <laughs> But, I mean, who would cast someone named Emily? Pretty boring. Apparently nobody. <laughs> All right, let's move on to uh, Dominic, who's next in line. He, just looking at his picture, I was like, oh, so he's from New York. Yep. Like, it didn't need to hear a word, didn't even really need to see what his name was, and I could have called yeah. that one. <laughs> Dead-ass um, New York, that's Dominic. Exactly. And he's a construction worker. Does that oh. mean he'll tell people he's a cop? <laughs> I was actually like looking at him and then I saw a construction worker and I was like, you know, I didn't think about it, but if I had, that's where I would have landed. Uh, so but. he is 38 years old. He's one of like, what, three parents on this cast? Mm-hmm. Like actually, you know, I was all praising the young people, but that is actually kind of a weird divide. It's like, there's barely any, like, it's all going to be like moms and dads and brothers and sisters visiting for the, uh, the loved ones visit. How will they apply the Terry Deeds? Uh, oh, I know it's going to be a tie. Hierarchy. Yeah. Everybody ties. It's all moms. Um, I, I kind of liked a bit, uh, in his video, you know, that he's got a bit of energy and, you know, when you reference Tony Blackos in a positive way, it always, you know, gets my radar up a, because, you know, one of my favorite players of all time B because it tends to mean you're not going to not do nothing. Whether you sure. succeed or fail, it should be good. Way to double negative that. Um, he said in his video that he's incredibly self-aware, which is totally impossible because he got cast for Survivor. Yep. Um, he also says he wants to be a combination of Suri and Cochran. And he talked about like emotional intelligence and empathy and stuff, which I absolutely did not see coming from this guy just based on looking at his picture. Well, I didn't um, get that from his video at all, which, you know, this could be constructive. Your, your, uh, bio is how you are trying to present yourself. Your video is how they are trying to present you. Yes. But it, it was at least interesting to me that I think he's put some thought into this. You know, he's not just the construction worker that they cast because he's got the New York accent and definitely looks like a New Yorker. Like, I think he actually, not that the others don't want to play to win, but I think he like legitimately is coming out here like, okay, I am going to try to scheme my way to a win. And whether he succeeds or fails, it should be fun to watch. And I think maybe I kind of like him. I, th- I th- There was a little bit there. There was a little charm. Yeah. 
Uh, he talks about how he wants to maybe steal a parchment. It's like, man, they're going to let you do that if you get a certain advantage. Exactly. Um, my impression was, I think a guy like Dominic would have a lot to offer a season. I'm not sure this is the season for a guy like Dominic. I think he might just be a little twitchy. He might just have a hard time getting along with the majorities that will be uh, forming no matter what tribe he finds himself in. Uh, you know, he's like, you know, obviously he's not the oldest on the tribe because that's Angela. But then the next person is like five years younger. As I said, there's only like three parents. It's just like, I don't know. I, I He might come off like kind of like Jonathan Penner often does every, every season he's on. Where it's like, he's not doing anything. He's not saying like he's doing the right thing. He's trying to form alliances. But he just gives off a vibe that nobody likes. And I, I kind of feel like in this crowd, that's what could end up for him. I can see that. I don't know that I see him as like an early boot. Though. No, I don't I see that, that either. He'll be a hard, he'll be a good worker. He'll be the kind of guy that you and your major alliance could always easily just be like, oh, yeah, I got to watch out for Dominic. I bet Dominic's out there looking for idols. He'd be right. uh, the the opposing figure. You can know, and you know you keep him on the outskirts of your alliance, just like you know they did last season with Joe. But I don't know if he can penetrate and do the things he wants, largely because he's playing with a bunch of children. Phrasing. I know that was phrasing. Phrasing! <laughs> yep, I called you on it. Um, I like him. I hope he gets a, a chance to maneuver a bit. I, yeah. I think there's at least some potential there. I just, I think I would have liked him more last season. You know, I just, I worry nice. for him within this particular mix. And again, low bar. Yes, I probably would have liked half this cast more last season, just because it would have raised the bar of last season. All right, so uh, moving on, uh, when the cast was first announced, uh, you know, it was on Twitter, and they start showing pictures of the cast. And honestly, I, all I did is look at the one tweet and picture, and I was like, hey, I'll mm -hmm. look at all the rest of this later. Which isn't necessarily reflective of a lack of enthusiasm for the season or Survivor in general. That's kind of what I always do, because I don't play Fantasy Survivor, so I can wait. But... Looking at the picture, I immediately was like, yeah, so that chick is our crowd's favorite. How yeah. would I turn, how'd I, how'd that work out? Well, am I right? Is Kellen the, the PRP favorite? Um, as, as far as fantasy, not, not so much. Um, but I do think that once, you know, the comments start and the episodes start and everything, she is one of the two that the PRP community is going to rally around. Um, you know, Instant contender just because obviously nerd. Um, she's got two master's degrees. She's like overeducated. She's weird. Uh, she compares herself to Aubrey. Um, and I can see her being much more like Aubrey from a parallel universe where Aubrey was the second boot of Ko Rong. Um, because she's weird in the way that's probably going to make it hard for her to fit in with people. Yeah, I'll say one of my least favorite uh, genres of the uh, uh, promo video is the quirky nerd. And maybe that's just me reflexively picking a fight with the people who were nice enough to give me a platform to talk about Survivor. But it's just like, I don't know, they're like, oh, nerdy, but look at me, I'm waving my arms. Now, in Kellen's defense, she actually doesn't even do that much in her video. And I started thinking, that, like, that's just probably what they try to do with nerds, right? The yeah. sexy girl gets to walk nice, the, you know, the beefy guy, you know, does his terrible run. The nerd is like, show us your quirky. And then she's like, eh. Yeah, like, eat a leaf, nerd. Yeah. Uh, and when I see those things, I'm out. I'm just instantly out. Again, to be fair, often when they finally get on Survivor and start doing Survivor things, they're not talking about, you know, their coloring books and all of that. Um, 
but I'm instantly out on Kellen, and I kind of feel like I won't have to worry about ever getting in. Yeah. Amazing. She feels like a very early boot to me, and it's just because I don't see her having the type of personality that's going to mesh with a lot of other people in her tribe. That should also be noted that the the nerd girl has not been an early boot of late, right? It's True. actually been a type that's done well. Uh, that said, she's... She's in her 30s, where these ones are in their 20s, right? Yeah, Aubrey was um, more uh, peer-grouped with more people there. Although, you know, was, you know she first... Uh, she was buddies uh, with the 75-year-old. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Hannah was able to kind of, you know, be taken under the wing of the cool kids. I don't know if it'll be the same for Kellen. And she's already talking about how she, do, you know, she's looking for herself, doesn't know where she needs to be in the world, you know, because she's, as you say, overeducated. She got married and divorced in a short amount of time. I'm not sure that the people she's playing Survivor against will be particularly excited in helping her along that journey, especially this group if it breaks down the way I think it will, which is right. basically I'm kind of predicting a bit of a meathead alliance to start with. Mm-hmm. I, I can almost see the six that form. Yeah. Is the next person in that six? It she is indeed. Yes, <laughs> indeed, it's Morgan. Yes. Uh, she is twenty nine and she works at SeaWorld. And she also compared herself to Kelly Wentworth. She even kind of sounds like Kelly a little bit when she talks. Um, she says she's a loud talker, and she very, very much is. She says she's always positive, and I do get that vibe from her. I think that's actually going to work out well for her. I think like the athletic combined with the positivity like once they start winning that'll be fine and people are cool with that like if you're the you know better luck next time guys we'll get them we'll you know we're we can do it after a loss not going to go over so well but i i feel like this team if it or this tribe if it pulls a few wins and she's like that everybody's going to be like yeah morgan's our girl we'd like her um she's obviously athletic i think she was like a college diver or something right Something like that, and that, you know, she does that with whales now. Sure. Yeah, so she's a, an accomplished swimmer and diver. So yeah, I think, yeah, if they, as long as they get a water challenge early on, she should be good to go. Right. And I also find the, you know, you know, no, get better luck next time, we'll get him, guys, is the loser, right? Like that, I don't just mean like, obviously, it's literally the person who lost the challenge, otherwise, mm-hmm. you, you got them this time. I mean like the person who is sitting out, or the person who really couldn't contribute much else, and they're just trying to be like, hey, let's not make it about me, see, I'm part of the team. You know, the, the actual competitors usually are, you know, too busy sucking wind, so, you know, she should be okay. Yeah, and I, I just see her being the type of, in contrast to Kellen that we just talked about, her personality being the type that's going to fit with a lot of other people because it doesn't conflict with too many other people. She seems right. much more supportive and like affable and stuff like that. Like the type of person that people are cool with being around, someone who's not super anxious all the time mm-hmm. and like constantly paranoid and weird. Exactly. Uh, somebody who I don't think uh, suffers from a lot of paranoia would be the next person, Sebastian. Boy Baylor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, he's just new Aussie, isn't he? Uh, I like Boy Baylor better. He definitely looks like a male version of Baylor from San Juan del Sur. Um, maybe he can be one of Baylor's ex-husbands one day. Uh, he is also another one of your people from Florida. Oh, uh, yes. Um, there are actually three Floridians in this cast. Three. Yeah, and like like native, not people who moved there so they could swim with whales or something. Yes, yeah, so it's a right. uh, very Florida. 
um, <laughs> with all that entails. Uh, yes, he, he, he exactly. does, he's a fishing guide, which I, how does that mean? Like, hey, there's where the fishes are. But I suspect that also means he knows how to fish in some way. Yes. Uh, everything I get about this guy is that, uh, he's just gonna be a fun-loving himbo. And I'm kinda here for it. Yeah, um, he said in his bio that his inspiration in life is Bob Marley, and that is 100% because he's convinced that Marley just sat around and smoked weed all day, and that's what he wants to do with his life. Yeah, um, he's not getting into the political Bob Marley. He's not, it's not no. about all those battles. No, he has a copy of Legend, and he yep. has the poster on his dorm, and exactly. that Bob Marley for him, it's all about 420. No, he's New Aussie, man. Yep. Um, uh, he, he calls himself Survivor Seb, which is a very 22-year-old thing to do. He's not going to rub anyone the wrong way because he's just going to provide for them. And he's like, basically, he's not going to try to take command. He's not going to try to be the leader. He He's just going to exist for a while, be useful to others, maybe win a challenge here and there or help out in a challenge here and there. And then eventually he'll be gone. Yeah, I mean, the uh, danger for him is if he becomes like a Patrick. Somebody who's just that unaware of how, you know, annoying he can be. But I, I don't get that impression. I think he's probably more chill. I think he'll probably be out in the water a lot. I think he'll probably be, you know, somebody they lean on in challenges. And yeah, like I said, I think provider is probably what it'll be. And I don't think he'll be thinking very deeply about any aspect of Survivor other than let's keep us strong for challenges. Right. Like, he'll be a useful pawn for somebody for a while. Uh, would that somebody possibly be Wendell? It could be. Um, Wendell, the final player of this tribe, uh, Wendell is the fantasy hero of the moment. He is on, like, so many of our fantasy teams. Uh, oh, we damn. A, we do run a Survivor Fantasy League. Uh, Wendell is by far the most popular pick. Oh, um, damn. Yeah. And, fun fact... Wendell is also Probst's winner pick. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. Uh, so I had lots of good feelings about Wendell before you told me any of that. Yep. Um, he will can, be gone at the swap. Yes, <laughs> you can kiss those feelings goodbye because he has experienced the Purple Rock kiss of death. Uh, he's from Philly, uh, so uh, he should be Matt's favorite. And yep. basically Matt is just waiting for him to work John into... A confessional. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Because, yeah, he seems like a triple threat, you know? And he's not obvious about any of that stuff, right? He's yes. strong. I believe he, you know, is a furniture mover or something like that. Uh, or he owns a furniture company. I imagine to do the, be the owner, you probably had to move the furniture at some point. So he's probably strong and like working strength, not gym strength necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, he seems fairly bright, but, you know, not like a Bradley who you know can only talk to smart people. He seems personable. Yeah, he seems like a triple threat, but he's doomed. So sorry, Wendell. Exactly. Um, he did seem very like, it's funny because he strikes me as one of those early season survivors where you're looking for the, like the most middle of the road. Like this person will not offend anybody. This person is useful. Mm-hmm. All these types of things. That's Wendell. Yeah, he's a super fan, so, you know, he probably thinks about strategy, thinks about yes. the game. He seems to have a lot of pawns he could work with in this early group. But, um, yeah, he'll be gone at the swap. Yeah, Tough break, it's too man. bad. Um, had high hopes for Wendell, but I guess he's he's boned. Uh, 
Uh, so overall, this tribe, uh, and we kind of been talking about it a bit, is that, yeah, I think this will be the one, the tribe that focuses a bit more on challenges. And why I think Angela will be okay is that she will have no problem, uh, backstabbing her fellow women and voting with the guys and targeting the weak women. Uh, which is such a fun storyline. You just never get enough of that. Uh, <laughs> but this, uh, this tribe seems to be screaming out for it. We should like this tribe because I believe they'll be purple. At least that's what they are. Yes, the tribe color is purple, the wiki tells me. Woo-hoo. So I guess this is our tribe. Sure. So do you do you think that my player of the season, my, my rooting interest is in this tribe? No, I do not. You are correct. It is not in this tribe. So let's move on to the tribe that my rooting interest is in. Frankly, I just think that because I originally mapped us up about talking this tribe first, just because of the alphabet, and you wanted to save them for a second. So that was the, that's why I'm oh, like, ah. I tipped you off. Yes. Damn. Okay. Um, yeah, you could probably also have measured the lack of enthusiasm for some of those people. So let's move on to Malolo. I, I keep thinking about that Nelly song because I see that <laughs> tribe name. Um, although it says Manolo's in that song, but whatever. Uh, Brendan is first up. Good old square jaw Brendan, who has been watching Survivor since season two and definitely still thinks this is the game that Colby played. He's one of the older guys. He's a dad. So I guarantee the kids are going to try to rebel against him at some point. I think for me, he tops out at like less amazing, less interesting Ken. Uh, see, I was thinking like less interesting Andrew Savage is his type. Uh, you know, cause I don't think you can approach the, the levels of Ken. That's true. He's amazing. And you guys, uh, who don't think so, we're so wrong. You need to, uh, appreciate the joy that is Ken. So wrong. Uh, who gave us one of the highlights of the off season. Um, yeah, he's a 41 <laughs> year old gym teacher. And, uh, um, let's just, let's just keep that as an inside joke. Not, oh, yeah. not, not explain it at all. Um, his whole arc just seems completely mapped out, right? He'll be the figurehead of an alliance, uh, but the real, you know, players and stuff will be working against him. They'll leave him out in front, let him be a plow horse at camp, and then eventually he'll be an early target post-merge. Like, I don't really... And <laughs> along the way, I don't know if he'll be doing anything interesting. Right. In fact, the most interesting thing about him possibly would be that he actually sucks at things and, you know, but doesn't think it will. You know, he'll try to lead in challenges, but be totally outclassed by the people on the other side. Uh, like, so I guess like a hunter, but yeah, I don't, whatever. I mean, he, he seems like maybe he could have done okay, but still probably not a lot better than what I'm already describing on right. another season, but he's just going to be like, Oh man, these kids. And the question will be more like if he tries to be their gym teacher barking at them, or if he just like, you know, is quiet and keeps doing the work, but in confessionals, you're like, ah, oh, millennials, they blah, blah, blah. Participation trophy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he had more B roll of him running in there, and he has actual good running form. So bravo to Brendan. That is probably the nicest thing I can say about you because I don't get good vibes otherwise. Um, you are a, yeah, I think, uh, great value. Andrew Savage hits right about the right spot. Yeah. And yeah, to reminder for anyone who might not be with us a long time, we are a very pro Savage podcast. We are the pro Savage <laughs> podcast. So we, actually uh, we don't- interviewed him and like, we're very excited about it. 
Yeah, so, uh, we Anderson don't say left. that. Yeah, the Andrew Savage comparison isn't the derogatory part. It's that we don't think he can beat him. Right. Um, all right, moving on to the next member of the cast, Donathan, who I'm not sure if this was Emily's or Matt's joke, but basically that sounds like the game we play on PRP Slack, where we just invent the uh, long form of somebody's short name. Motherfucker, that was my joke. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, in our staff chat, we like to extend people's names and throw in, you know, a then at the end. So it would make sense if I was Jonathan. But, but you'd never be Jonathan. I would never be Jonathan. So instead, we throw like Jonicus or something like that. And so, yes, Don is Jonathan. And he hates when people screw up his name. I will not screw up his name. It's very memorable. All right. So, so is he the guy? Yes. Is he your pick? Yes. I thought we were going to fight over him. And here's why. All right. So if you read his bio, uh, he, in his, uh, you know, his hobbies, he talks about collecting vinyls. Like he's my guy. But then in his pet peeve, he says people who say literally without it being literal, like, Oh my God, he's John's guy. (laughs) You're correct. He absolutely is. Um, I, before I even read the bio, uh, I watched the video and it's funny because my instant reaction was like, oh no. Well, his name is Donathan, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. You see like Donathan and then you see his picture and it's like, oh man, really? But with that was like five seconds in, 90 seconds into the video, I'm like, yes, this guy, love him. He's a star. No, I was all in too. I was all in on Donathan. And it's just, I love the dichotomy of, you know, very out and outspoken gay man, but hillbilly. I love how it's put together. And it's not just hillbilly accent, you know, he's been out there. He's done hillbilly things, you know, I I love it. I, I am very interested in this character. It feels a type we have never seen before. Yes. Which you wouldn't think this many seasons in we could actually get, but at this point, like, I, I was blown away. Um, and, and the thing is, he could have been boring too. He wasn't remotely like he's got like some personality. He's got charm. I was so charmed by this kid within like halfway through his 90 second video. Um, he looks like he's straight out of justified casting, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, cause he is from Kentucky, but man, I can just, I, I can see people bonding with him because it's, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He talks about he wants to dance and play around and have fun. And like, even the people that would want to think less of him or hate him or whatever, like, I, I don't think they will. I think he's just, he's too likable. Yeah. No, I think they will start to target him eventually because he'll be a social threat. And I think he'll be the type that people just like, inst- like right away. And the other type, the other thing you often kind of worry about the type that you might think he is, is that he wouldn't be, you know, he'd be targeted for being bad at challenges or bad around camp. I think he will be useful around camp. So, uh, here's a little tip. If you can't get behind the idea of flamboyant hillbilly, then we're probably not the podcast and website for you. Yes, exactly. Like, if this is making you say, huh, you guys like him, mm, I don't know that you're going to want to stick around for the rest of the season's podcasts. But yeah, no, he's just, he's just so interesting right away. So yeah, no, I was all in on Jonathan too. And uh, once I saw that bio part of literally, he's like, man, John and I might have to fight for ownership of Donovan. Yes, yes, he's great. And um, I think I just, I get like that Keith Nail vibe from him. Yes! Where, where people are just going to be like, man, I, 
I want Donathan on my side. Like, Donathan is not going to be out there leading the strategy. I know he's a super fan or whatever. He's not going to do that. If he does, it's going to go really badly. It's going to be JT level. Oh, crap. He really screwed this thing up. But if he hangs around to the end, I mean, I wouldn't say that he could win necessarily. But I think just based on the likability, I think he'd have a chance. I, th- I think he could, you know. I mean, uh, one, we've seen that a lot of different personality types can. And I think he could necessarily possibly be a strategist. But I agree that I don't think he'll be out there, like, leading the strategy. Yeah, I think he should he might, not. I, I think he's probably used to dealing with enough, you know, touchy social situations that he'll know to, you know, step back a bit. Uh, yeah, so uh, all in on Donathan. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I, you know, uh, on a personal note, I actually, um, he talks about, you know, there, there weren't gay guys in Kentucky. I know of one, and he's a very cool person, and I will be going to his wedding soon. So, hooray for him. Um, which only makes me root for Donathan more. Uh, Donathan, love is out there for you somewhere, buddy. Keep looking. All right, now... I can't believe you ended up on the same freaking favorite I did. Did it not surprise you though that like looking at this cast that I would pick Donathan as my favorite? I mean, it's not what people make the odds on uh based on your uh mm-hmm. fairly predictable history. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, you're branching out. I think you uh don't like to necessarily be as predictable. And also, come on, man, flamboyant hillbilly. It's uh, it's it's so great. I love that kid. Like, I don't think it took long for them to be like, yes, him. Ser- like, I, if he didn't get cast the first time he applied, the casting agent needs to be fired. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, so, uh, somebody who is more of a type that we've been seeing of late mm-hmm. is Jacob, who yes. is a survivor blogger. I think uh, Redmond, right? Yes. He uh, writes for Redmond's site, which is Inside Survivor, if you're not familiar with it. Uh, Redmond is the guy that spoils casts. You'll never guess that he was able to spoil this cast. Um, Jacob is one of those people that you knew just looking at him and knowing that he's a blogger, like he's going to have this insanely overwritten bio. Um, and it was absolutely that it had actual words written in there that said, shut up. It makes me happy. Like it's, it was obnoxious. Um, the thing I enjoyed about him was watching the, video and he talks about how you know he didn't have he doesn't have natural social skills so the fact that he's had to practice them makes him better socially than others and as someone with that exact same problem and that exact same coping mechanism no it really does not (laughs) you can't fake it i did like his spin on it that is like you know uh i have will work on it i've had to work on it it does sound like he at least maybe has some um maybe gotten over that hump that he has some level of success possibly now at it. But yeah, I mean, this is what I've always argued that people always talk about, you know, I'm going to work my social game. And really what you're saying is, um, people will like me because of me. And it's usually the people who talk about working their fantastic social game, um, are wrong. Uh, <laughs> social game tends to just be personal charisma. That said, I was probably keyed up to not like Jacob because, um, Eddie jealousy, but I, I don't know. I kind of, <laughs> I, I I thought he was all right. I I think I will enjoy listening to him make uh do confessionals for as long as he is able. He seemed to be well spoken and thoughtful. Yeah, if he had been on last season, he would have been 
probably top three most interesting. Um, yeah. But again, that's because the last season's bar was really, really low. Um, I think he goes home early just because of a lack of social skill. Uh, the other nerds on this cast actually seem more socially adept than he does. I do agree with you. He'll probably be at least interesting to have around because obviously he's going to know all these things they're referencing with the ghost Island gimmick. And he's not a terrible narrator. So, you know, he he, seems like somebody I might actually listen to his exit interview. Sure. I mean, it's rare, but it happens. We do listen to those sometimes. (laughs) Oh man. Why do we have a podcast? All right. Moving on to James. Um, uh, James is somebody who Emily kept trying to be like, those people keep thinking he's Yule and then like calling secret racist on him. But I mean, this guy's Yule, right? Like he's like a business analyst, uh, who worked for Obama. Like he's, he's Yule. You know who thinks James is like Yule? James. <laughs> James himself says that. He's got all the abs. In the first five seconds of his video, I heard his speaking style and I went, Oh, I wonder how long it's going to take for him to mention he went to Harvard. And specifically Harvard. Like, I didn't think he was going to mention his Ivy League background. Like, I knew it was going to have to be Harvard. And because he just gives off this vibe that he cannot wait to let you know his educational pedigree. And it it happened probably, I think, 30 seconds later. And I was like, yes, I knew it. I'd say the odds that he didn't know Yule before being cast are low and the odds that he has not yet met yule already are zero this guy is like this is the yule 2.0 oh, yeah a korean ivy league uh business specialist who worked in the obama white house yeah oh, oh, who's also um you know a fantastic athlete and cut out of granite yeah, yeah. it's not racism yeah, I, I love things are. this is this was fun for me you probably wouldn't catch this because you know you're you're Canadian. He mentions that he was a walk-on sprinter for Harvard, which <laughs> I love how he does that because Harvard and the other Ivies technically don't give scholarships for athletics. They I do. do. They just don't call it that. So he's really saying he got a track scholarship to Harvard, but he tries to make it sound like this humble thing of, oh, I know I was a walk-on sprinter for Harvard. I you know, I paid my tuition, but I, I really love track, and so I went and ran. Well, there's also the fact that I don't know if Harvard is amongst the elite in uh, track and field pursuits. <laughs> I don't know if the Ivy League is where the best ones go. I mean, it's not like you're rowing crew. Like, I think the top athletes tend to go to maybe other schools, if I'm not uh, mistaken. They do have a um a really good, I think, female hurdler. No one cares. So, anyway, um, speaking hey. of... If we had to limit our conversations to only the things people care about, would we have ever attracted Big Baller Brand? Man, it's a, the pinnacle of our achievement was getting that that gimmick account to land. An NBA gimmick account for our Survivor podcast. We've done it. We made we it, it, Ma. Top of the mountain. Um, it will surprise you zero that he has great running form. He definitely has the Yule quality to his voice. I don't know if that works as well in this season as it did for Yule, but man, that guy just has, he has to be the leader. You're going to gravitate towards him. Not even necessarily because he commands that, like, follow me, I'm the leader. It's just because you get a sense, like, this guy knows what he's doing. Yes, yes, because he, he has that same speaking style that Yule had, where it seems yeah. like, huh, this guy seems like he knows what he's talking about. 
Yule didn't have to go out and grab leadership. It was given to him. Everybody's like, please lead us. You know what you're doing. And, you know, obviously, you know, there's Brendan uh, here to be a bit of figurehead, but I get that impression that it will be James as well, as long as, you know, he's not too cocky. Uh, look, if he can be another Yule, I'm all for that, because Yule is one of my favorite players of all time. Yeah, Yule was great. So if, if this is round two, cool. Sign me up. All right, uh, next is Jenna, who is, uh, 23 and in advertising, and I have no opinion of her. Like, completely devoid of opinion. <laughs> One way or another. She seems as plain as paper. Yes. She, um, she was weirdly monotone. I felt like yes. I was on a conference call while I was watching her video. It was so awkward. I mean, she's pretty, but not like, Especially pretty is like, okay, you've got symmetry to your features. Yeah, everything about her, yeah, the monotone especially. Nothing. There's nothing left out. Her, her outfit was pretty frumpy. Like, she's had these gray shorts. She's just, yeah, like, to the point where it's like, did somebody drop out? Yeah. <laughs> she was like the third alternate, and they had two people drop out. Um, she thinks that things just seem to always work out for her, and... Clearly! Feeling, have a feeling... This will not be one of those things. Sure, but uh, getting cast on a, a national television show when you seem to be anonymous, that, that seems like things just work out for you. Like, that's, you're that's not fair. even pretty enough to be the pretty girl. You're just, she's, yeah, Jenna. I bet many of us have a friend, Jenna, a coworker that's Jenna. She, everybody knows a Jenna because she's anonymous. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? And I, I was reading her bio, and as soon as she said that her pet peeve was people who say the word poop, I'm like, I'm out. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> no, clearly. No. You know, she's probably not listening to this podcast, but she was. Uh, sorry, Jenna. This probably yeah. isn't the one for you, because poop is funny. Yes, we are not going to be your fan club. I mean, we have small children, so that's where we've become at our level of sense <laughs> exactly. of humor at this point. Oh, one thing I didn't say, um, and we, this is probably an easy vote and we don't need to get to the end. Um, uh, if you had to guess, survivor most likely to be listening to this podcast, who you got? Oh, man. It's Jacob, right? Oh, oh God, of course it's, he's gotta be one of the contenders. So, you know, shout out Jacob and maybe I'll read one of your posts sometime because I actually like listening to you talk. I mean, I probably won't because again, petty jealousy, but still. He has absolutely tuned out by now. He listened for the section, skipped around until he found it. And then he's out. He's not. Yeah, we forgot to say that we were going to make predictions to keep the current survivors (laughs) on the line. Oh, well. All right. Uh, So since we have no opinion of Jenna, we should maybe talk about somebody we might. Yeah, that's right. And um, I have a feeling our community might have a opinion about this person because it's Laurel. The other big favorite of the PRP, right? Gotta be. Right? Nerd. Clear nerd. Super fan nerd. Ivy League pedigree. She's from Yale. Oh, well, she's from, she's from Philadelphia. She went to Yale. She's not actually from Yale. That'd be more impressive. Um, she even had like a weird, slight Minnesota accent that leaked out in her video. And I was like, Oh, I dig it. Um, she's athletic. NCAA bath athlete. Yes. And, uh, this might help you a bit in works in finance. Yeah. I listen. I, I'm here. I, I get why the community is going to rally around the world. She's got. Good attributes. Um, she's actually fairly interesting to listen to. She's not horribly boring. She does have a vibe that screams nerd, but the fact that she's actually athletic will kind of let her linger around. And this is why I was thinking Jacob would struggle more is because at least Laurel has something else to lean on. You know, like I don't, in addition to being a nerd, I don't think she's that socially awkward. 
and she is athletic. What will be interesting is if nobody gets that she's athletic because they can't see past like the glasses, right? And, and like maybe in her, you know, tone of voice, yeah. And, like, yeah, you know, it's like, oh, get rid of her. She's we don't we need strength and challenges. And meanwhile, you know, she might be their strongest woman. She needs to do like the '90s teen movie thing and like take off the glasses, and everybody will be like, oh my god, you're hot! I didn't realize. Yeah, and then I just I feel like. And she, I think in her video, she did the thing where, like, I might need to hide that I'm athletic. No, 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 no. In fact, I don't know if any woman ever needs to hide that they're athletic. No, I think she, she said at some point, like, she, she needs to, to let them know that she's worth keeping around because she has athletic skills. So she's not gonna hide that thing. Um, the one thing that's gonna sell her so hard to the Purple Rock fan base is that she said, she is most like Todd and Sophie, which is like catnip to our listeners slash readers. Yes. Pick ones that are just off of the beaten path. And obviously, you know, Sophie. Oh, my God, Sophie. Yep. Uh, who needs to be interesting when you can win? <laughs> <laughs> and I say that actually is somebody who likes Sophie. But I'm also somebody who likes people that are interesting. Right. Uh, so I guess I can tame multitudes. All yeah. right. Moving on to Libby. Uh, she's 24. And I think I hate everything about her. She is great value, Andrea Belke. So her inspiration in life is Elizabeth Hasselback and not for the survivor parts. No. And I actually told my wife, like, I, I watched the cast videos with her. And I was like, there is someone in this group of 20 that I love. There's someone that I can't stand. I want you to pick out both. She started watching Libby's video. As a start, she's like, mm, not promising. And by the end, she's like, okay, so you hate that one. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Her profession is social media strategist. Burn in hell. And I say that as somebody who works in social media marketing from time to time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet she ends up getting along with, like, if if she makes it that far, someone like Angela, because they're both going to be happy to take, like, a backseat to some alpha male. And also because they both have MAGA hats in, in their shelves. Yes. Um. She Of the Elizabeth Hasselbeck thing that you mentioned earlier, she says, and I'm quoting here, I continued to follow her in all aspects of life, from standing up for her beliefs to working with people who stand on her same side. I am a strong believer in my faith, and when it comes to politics, let's just say I'm a true Southern girl. Pass! Who boy. So pass! All the pass! You'll know this is a great season if uh, this tribe is just like, ugh, and vote her out. Yeah. It, it's not gonna happen, though. Not right away. It never happens like that. You want it to, it never happens like that. No. And, I, and the thing is, I think she's got that, like, southern style. She doesn't have, like, an overt southern accent, although I'm sure she could play one up if she needed to. Um, but she does have that southern style where her hate is much more of that, like, bless his heart way of talking shit. Mm-hmm. So you don't realize quite how, like, hateful and awful she is. How deeply the hatred burns. Yes. And how much she dislikes you. Right. Uh, no, but she loves Jesus, and I'm sure she uh, follows all his uh, preachings of, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. acceptance and love. Yep. Uh, let's move on, because <laughs> I have nothing good to say about Libby. Uh, all right, Michael, who is 18? 18. Super handsome 18, too. So this guy says he's 18, and what he, he looks like the 18 that the CW casts for their shows, which is to say 30... He, yeah, he looks like Dawson Leary being cast for Dawson's Creek. Um, Dawson never had the definition of this guy. That's true. Uh, and I mean now. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm going to go back and loop in that uh, isolated audio of you saying, give me the youth. <laughs> and then 18. But, yeah, I mean, so generally when they cast the children, the 18-year-olds, I love to get that. And we instantly were like, they're doomed. And, you know, they talked about how they're going to lie in their age, although Prope sometimes blows up their spot right away. Right. I don't think he'll do that here. This guy can so pass. He does not look like the youngest member of this tribe. Right. He says he's going to lie and say 23, which... Uh, I think would generally be a good strategy. The one thing is, though, you and I both know, once you talk to a teenager long enough, no matter what that initial vibe is, you figure out they're teenagers. But this is amongst other young people, so I think it, you know, I think he'll get away with it for a lot. And, you know, like, this guy probably has not had to show his ID in, like, four years. This guy, he just, he does not look 18. I have a hard time believing that he is 18. I also have a hard time believing that he's a real estate agent. Oh, yeah. He definitely works for uh, a parent's company or an uncle's company or aunt's company, yeah. something he like that. He fills out the listings on the website. He's not out there buying and selling homes, but maybe uh, with his deep voice is making the calls. Like, this guy does not look 18. I think that he could be the first 18-year-old to actually contend. Ah, uh, I think you are giving him far too much credit. Um, it's not just that it's because he's playing with other young people. So his youngness won't matter as much. That is true. That certainly helps him. And here's the other thing. The 18 year olds tend to actually go far. We write them off because we're like, well, no, no one would ever give an 18 year old money. A, nobody might ever know they're giving an 18 year old money and they think they're giving a peer money. And B, yeah, they just seem to keep the kids around. I think because young people have an ability to go with the flow that old people don't. And I think it's also the idea that no one's going to give the 18-year-old the money at the end, so that helps keep them around because they're more appealing to bring along. I'm not picking him to win. It's just he's the first 18-year-old where I wasn't like, nah, never going to happen. I would still say, nah, never going to happen. I mean, we're going to more likely be right about saying somebody's not going to win than somebody is. That is true. Yeah, because of math. I will say, of the 18-year-olds they've had, he has the most potential, which is, I think, what you're getting at anyway. Yes. Yeah, I, I say it's not an immediate disqualifier, and probably most because he does not look 18, and also because uh, being 18 doesn't make him particularly young in this group. <laughs> All right, and let's move on to the Stephanies. Which Stephanie are we going to do first here? Oh, phrasing. Phrasing. Uh, well, let's go with Gonzalez. And okay, you can pick well, that whichever right. way you want to. <laughs> um, she is from Puerto Rico and Ocala. Which is definitely, I know you're not a American or Floridian, so you wouldn't know this, but Ocala is not the place where Puerto Ricans usually move in Florida. That would be the Orlando area or Southeast Florida. Um, and Ocala is much more, to put it mildly, woodsy. We'll call it. She says she'll be a combination of Tony, Wigglesworth, and Brenda. What is that? So, one of the most interesting survivors ever, and two of the least interesting. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's because she found Tony interesting, and maybe, yeah, I got, I got nothing. I, I don't, don't, I don't know what that means. I don't either. Um, I will say this: I got a very, very strong first boot vibe from her, though. Oh yeah. See, I, I think in her video, uh, she talked about that. You know, growing up, she used to get picked on for yes. being tall and lanky. And I want this to be a lesson to all you young people to clearly listen to our podcast. Don't do that because sometimes they really glow up. Right. Uh, sometimes yes, they, they become Stephanie. Yes. 
Um, yeah, I mean, other than the fact that I think she's the most attractive woman on the cast, I also had no opinion of her. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about other Stephanie then. <laughs> yeah, I had some opinions about her. Okay. Uh, she's 34, married, uh, so I think that makes her the third. Well, may, there might be more married than children. I believe she's also a mom. Yes. She's a yoga instructor. Um, in her bio, she seems to think that she's unique because she's a mom who likes wine. Mm-hmm. Um, which has totally been my experience from bruising Facebook. So rare. Uh, she's a spaz, man. She's fi- Debbie 15 years ago. There's- yeah. Um, she's toned down <laughs> Debbie. She's Debbie taken down to an eight. Well, maybe 15 years ago, that was Debbie. That's you know, true. The, the, the model. She was, <laughs> she was super excited for you to see what she's going to be wearing. And like, I remember nothing that any castaway has ever worn except for like Rupert's tie dye. So I don't, get why you think we'd care um she mentioned in her bio wanting to be carolyn from worlds apart and i'm like i'm out no thanks yeah you think stephanie goes first we advised i'm like you got the wrong stephanie dude like yeah this is like oh the wacky yoga instructor mom i'm gonna be so much fun look at me peacock nobody else cares do not stand out that is not your job right away it seems like she's asking people to vote her out and she'll continue to ask them and they will just do that just so that she won't be the person who's be like good job guys all we really tried yeah the thing is she's super fit so that's why i had her lasting a little bit longer than other stephanie um she is definitely the person that's going to tell you about her journey though and yeah that's it's not gonna last long for her yeah, alright, so, um, that's that tribe. Uh, in contrast to the other tribe, and yeah, it's not a huge contrast. Part of the thing that's difficult to separate between these two tribes is for one, they didn't separate them by some kind of gimmick. Um, for two, because most everybody on this tribe is young, it tends to, yeah, both tribes seem kind of young and fit, but this tribe does seem to be a bit, maybe more the strategist tribe, whereas the other one was more of the, uh, challenge based tribe. Yeah, this one looks a little bit weaker to me. But yeah. maybe a little more super fanny. Yeah. And now that might not mean that they lose a lot because as we know, yeah, strength matters little if it ends with a puzzle, for instance. Right. Yeah. Now, just okay. because somebody wears glasses or went to an Ivy League school doesn't necessarily mean they'll be good at puzzles. Although I suspect Jacob might be somebody who practiced doing puzzles that he saw on TV. You think? But it could also be that this is a tribe that, um, will have a good hierarchy of tasks. So that could help them compete. But yeah, I, I feel like this one might be the one where people start, instead of just bonding over, gotta keep us strong, they might be looking for who will be the good allies mm-hmm. so that I can play the game that I want to play. Absolutely. Uh, it also feels like this will be the tribe that we might be more interested in. Yes. Um, especially because they have standout superstar Donovan on this tribe. Yeah, Donovan's Donovan. uh, plus. Damn it, did I say uh, his name wrong already? Totally, because you're not his true fave. I have moved into number two Donovan superfan. Donovan superfan, damn it, now I'm number three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moving behind, I don't know who else, we'll just assume that Matt's a fan. Um, yeah, so I, and I also, I think James could be, you know, potentially very interesting. Um, Libby can burn in hell. Alright, um, not <laughs> So, uh, there we go. That's everybody. So let's talk about who's going to go home first. Oh. Uh, because we have a lot of information on this and these will be our official predictions for cool. the prediction post that goes on our website. If I remember to do it in time, uh, one per tribe since we don't know who will lose. Uh, let's start with the tribe we just left with. Uh, who's going first on Malolo? Stephanie. I also say Stephanie. Let's move on. <laughs> okay. Um, wait, like wait, to... wait, 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 wait. Maybe we should <laughs> nope, clarify. Nope, nope. Let's move on. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm playing the odds here. I want to. I want to double my chances. There you go. Uh, we are all in on Stephanie being the first boot. <laughs> what do you got for a nativity? Uh, which is definitely not nativity, and that's how I'm going to keep seeing it all year long. Uh, you got Kellen. Kellen, how come? So weird. I just I think that she's going to try to talk to people, and it's not going to go well. And everybody's going to be like, "Wow, she's really anxious and nervous and odd." And let's just get rid of her. She's not useful in any other capacity either. Yeah, I just don't see her fitting in over there. I think she actually would do well on this tribe, uh, depending on, of course, who she swapped positions with. Uh, and I also could see somebody like Angela who would be a normal first target, uh, because she's an older woman and survivors predictable in that sense. Uh, and some of that predictability almost becomes like its own, like gains its own momentum. Because if you're not in that group, why would you ever fight that momentum? Oh, sure. When it's the first boot. But I think Angela will be able to get in with the other, you know, brawny guys and pick on the nerd. Uh, so yes, I also, I'm predicting Kellen. So we have the same predictions or maybe we don't. Clean sweep. Stephanie and Kellen. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move on. If, if you've listened this far, first of all, congratulations. Um, secondly, you should know, or if you don't, you're about to learn that our website is purplerockpodcast.com. We do all sorts of stuff on that website during the season. We'll have um, live blogs every week during the episode. You can come in and comment with the absolute best Survivor commenters from around the internet. They're legitimately awesome people. Feel free to jump in if you're cool. Join our comment section. It gets big really fast. I'm really sorry about that. I don't really know how to fix it. It got really popular and it's not a problem that I'm super upset about. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those good problems. And obviously, yeah, if you're joining in later, it's a little tough to get in, but it's the feature, man. If you want to know what doesn't have a big comment section, most everywhere else. This is why you want to be there. You want to be in the comments and, you know, that's how it is. And when we say cool, we mean, you know, a good person who enjoys having fun and communicating with people in non-shitty ways. Uh, we definitely don't mean cool, cool. No. Um, uh, the big thing that also happens on the website is actually going on right now, and that's the uh, Survivor Fantasy game that you run. Uh, I tell people about it. I do, and it should be nice and easy because we updated the format last season. went really well, so we're doing it again. Click on a little link. A form pops up. You pick four faces. Name your team. Hit submit. Boom. I will keep track of everything from then on for you, how your team scores throughout the season, all that stuff. Every week I'll put up a new standings post so you can see how your team is doing. Um, we've got all kinds of little mini games going and stuff going on in there. You can read all about them on that website. Um, and of course, if you have any questions about it, feel free. Find me in the comments, you know, at me on Twitter, although I'm taking a Twitter break for now. Or even, God forbid, send us an email, uh, purplerockpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, and John will be back, I imagine, when the season yes. starts. Uh, it's also wise of you to wait until the NBA trade deadline had passed. <laughs> uh, the site is Purple Rock Pod, which is uh, frequently John, sometimes me. I am Purple Rock Andy. You are? Purple Rock John, of course, because we are so good at branding around here. That's right. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play bunch of other random places and we're hoping for one more that we'll tell you about if and when it happens and i think that's about it oh you know what we didn't do is pick winners and you want to know why 
because uh, basing all of your survivor discussions on who's going to win is boring. Let's not do that, people. You can have your winner picks. I don't have mine. Uh, anything else, John? I only have the winner of my heart this season, and that is Donathan. Look, at, I just moved up to number two in the Donathan fan club rankings. You certainly are number two. All right, let's hit some music. <laughs> <laughs> 